Hey guys, this is Liz and welcome to Dear Younger Me, Love Me. And today we have Megan Wyrick with us and she is a senior at Huntington University. She's 22. She is a double major in psychology and sociology. She has been helping with Campus Life for four years. This is her fourth year helping out with us and I have just come to love and enjoy spending time with Megan. And I'm so thankful that we get to sit down and have a conversation. Um, Megan is from Rockford, Ohio. They have the best best ketchup that I that I've ever known of. So um, shout out to Rockford and their their catsup. It's spelled C A T S U P, right? Yeah, yeah. This is so good, (laughs) so good. Um, But Megan, I'm so glad that you are here with us today, and you're able to share a little bit of your story. And um, I I know growing up, our personalities change a bunch sometimes when we when we learn and we grow. And and right now, you're you're maybe more of a shy quieter person, but you know, you're telling me that you weren't always like this. And so why don't you share a little bit about your journey through all of that? Yeah, definitely. So growing up, I was actually very, very social. Um, I was super outgoing, very confident, um, especially in my middle school years. I was just like this little social butterfly queen. Um, I had a lot of friends and everything like that. Um, so I, I loved being around everyone. I loved meeting new people. Um, and as you know, like that has changed a little bit for me. Um, I still love meeting people and I'm still very social, but I also love my alone time and things like that. Um, so yeah, that has changed for me a little bit in about seventh grade. Um, I decided to like intentionally become a Christ follower. Um, I've always grown up in a Christian home. And so I had always been around the topic of Christ and everything. But in seventh grade was when I kind of made that decision to do that. And like I said, like in that point in my life, I was having a really great time um, socially, like having all of these friends. And it was during basketball season. And so like, I was on the basketball team and I had a great support system from that. And so really I was just feeling super great. And then shortly after that is when things kind of like started to change for me a little bit. Hmm. Um, I got two concussions within like basically a year. Whoa. Yeah. You you bowled hard girl. Yeah, I did. (laughs) So that was like a really big thing for me because I, always had like symptoms like they never really went away so I would either always have a headache or I was super sensitive to like the light and things like that um I got like so tired and irritable like so easy Hmm. and so obviously that affected my mood a lot um during that time and actually during my second concussion I went to the doctor and they're like okay you need to like stay home from school to rest and actually like give yourself time. And this is all in middle, this is all in middle school still. Yeah. So, um, this one was actually my eighth grade year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. At this point it was really hard, um, having to stay home from school because I couldn't go for two straight weeks. And then after that, I went for half days the rest of the year. So it was so hard because I was missing out on like everything. Mm -hmm. I, couldn't be with my friends. I couldn't play basketball and I really loved basketball. And so that was really hard not being there and not being around those people. And 
I knew that my friends were having fun without me. And that was really hard. To, yeah. yeah. And so during all of that, it's kind of like you, you belonged to a team and you, you really felt that. And then all of a sudden you had that taken away and you weren't a part of this group anymore. So how yeah. did you feel during that? That's when like things started getting really hard for me because I still wanted to act so happy. And whenever I got to see people, I still wanted to like be as close to them as I was. Um, and really that just wasn't the reality anymore because their lives continued without me, which, yeah. yeah. So it was really hard for me. Um, and honestly, I think that's really when all of my like depression and anxiety started because when I would go to school, I would think these people have been doing this without me like for months now. And mm. so now that I'm back, like it doesn't even seem like it matters. And that was like really hard for me. And so every time I would be around people, I would just feel like this pit, like in my stomach. And I'd be like, they don't want me here. They don't want me here. Yeah. And you had these like gremlins, like just saying all these things to you that, that yeah. probably weren't true, but right. you were believing everything. Yeah, it definitely wasn't true looking back, um, which also makes it kind of hard. But like in the moment, I was just like, there's no way like that I can continue being friends with these people because they like don't like me anymore. And that's it's almost just, like you were sabotaging yourself. Your insecurities were the thing that sabotaged you. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Like I said, like those things weren't necessarily true, but I was definitely speaking like so much hate into myself. I had really convinced myself that no one liked me anymore and that I had no friends and that no one would actually care if I was in their life anymore. Like one specific time, one of my friends sent me this text message that wasn't very nice. Um, and I actually put it as my lock screen. What? Just, yeah, yeah. Like, because I wanted to like remind myself that I thought that people like didn't like me. So, wow. So you were, you were sabotaging yourself so much that you just wanted that even that reminder of, right. you know, how bad you thought you were on your lock screen every day. Yeah. Man. <laughs> so what yeah. did that do to your self-esteem? I mean, I feel like I didn't really have any, like yeah. it was, I definitely like hated myself. Um, and I really wasn't like taking care of myself either. Like, I think that I sometimes would try to put myself in like a potentially like dangerous situation just because I didn't really care like what happened to me. Yeah. So you um, became, you became reckless too. Yeah. A little bit. And it wasn't exactly like outwardly, like, I don't think that a lot of people knew what was going on. Mm. But like on the inside, I definitely felt like, yeah, if I die, like it's fine, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what happened when you're this, this sounds like it's a, it's a rock bottom kind of moment. Yeah. Where you're, how long was this time span for you? Um, I would say that really, that was probably from like eighth grade summer until probably like my sophomore year. Mm. Um, so over a year you felt like this. Yeah. And I like 
I really wasn't taking care of myself. Like I definitely had an eating disorder. And I think a big part of that was just, I felt like I could control that. And so it's just something that happened. Um, And it's really hard looking back now because my family like was in a lot of pain, I think, Mm -hmm. um, watching me kind of go through this. And so, yeah, that was really hard. And I mean, it was a long time that I was kind of in that stage. Yeah. So you, you mentioned your family having a hard time watching you go through this. So how was mm-hmm. that relationship? Because you talked about how you guys had a great relationship before this and then all this happened and it, it had to have affected your relationship with them. So what did that look like? During, during all of it, I would like get very mad at my parents. I, I remember that because they were very worried about me, like not eating and things like that. And so my mom, like every day would be like, what did you eat today? Mm -hmm. And it would make me so mad. Like, yeah, like instantly get mad Um, and things like that. And so it definitely, I think, did have a toll on our relationships. I remember one day we were driving to school and I was crying because I was like really anxious and I just didn't want to go to school that day. And my mom asked my sister to like pray for me. And it was just like, I don't know. I think that was almost like a turning point kind of just because I'm like, okay, I can see like how much I'm affecting them and how much I'm like hurting them. And that's like the last thing that I would want to do. Like, I, I could like, I knew how much it was affecting me, but I don't think I realized how much it was affecting like my parents and and my friends and my siblings. And so Mm -hmm. um, that day, like, and my sister like cried when she was praying for me and everything. And so it was just like, I mean, they're amazing. Like through all of that, like they were such an amazing support system, even if I didn't like see it that way um, while it was happening. So yeah, long story short, it was like a toll on our relationship, but I like looking back, I definitely see how they were supporting me through all of that. And I was just kind of like pushing it off. Well, yeah. If you're trying to bury all of these feelings, you're going to fight up against anybody who's trying to make you confront any of those things. Cause it sounds like you were just in a really deep spiral mm-hmm. and you liked it that way. I mean, you set right. a lock screen with all the negative things about yourself. And so yeah. Like it's, it, it sounds like you were pretty satisfied with being in this, this hole that you had dug in, in, in all of this. And so how was your, cause you said in seventh grade, you said yes to following Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so how did God fit into all of that for you? I think a huge part of all of this, like shattering and being broken was that I just really felt like I wasn't hearing anything from God. Like I would be praying and I wouldn't like hear anything or like nothing would get better. And that was really hard for me because I felt like I was putting effort in just to be like abandoned. Mm. And, And so that was really hard and it was like exhausting and heartbreaking. And really I didn't understand why it was happening to me. Like I felt like I was in a really good spot in my life. Like then I asked Jesus to like come into my life and be like the king. Yeah. 
and then like everything got terrible and I was like I don't understand why Mm. that happened and during high school especially I would have like a lot of panic attacks and I remember like praying during them and being like God like please take my pain away like I don't know like how to fix this yeah Um, and it was really hard because I really wanted to give up my anxiety and my depression to the Lord, but I don't feel like I knew how to. Um, and so, and like me praying or whatever, I would be like, okay, God, I'm, I'm trying to like give this up to you. And then nothing would change. And yeah. so I was confused because I would look at other people and they'd be like, okay, you just need to give up your anxiety to the Lord. And I'm like, but, yeah, yeah, easier said than done. Right. Sure. Especially if it's it's latched onto you for that long and that deeply. It's like, man, it's you can't just snap your fingers and be like, okay, I gave it to God. Yeah. It's a lot harder than that. Right. And so, I think I think that's what I wanted to happen. Like that it would just instantly yeah. change. And yeah. that wasn't the case. <laughs> no, you have to do some pretty hard work with that. What did your relationship with your friends look like during all of that? Because you said that your, there was relationships changed and you were still trying to be somebody that like you were still trying to hold on to your old self when it mm-hmm. wasn't there anymore. So what did that look like for you? Right. So it's kind of funny because during that whole time, like I was definitely very broken and I didn't really see like any future for myself really but I wasn't super close with anyone anymore but when people had problems they would still definitely like come to me Hmm. and so I was always like trying to fix other people's problems or just kind of like know what was going on in everyone's lives so that I could help if they like needed me to yeah Um, and so I really think that I had this like false front on and I kind of really tried to portray myself in a different way than how I was feeling. And you know this about me from being an Enneagram nine, but like (laughs) I really hate conflict. And so I feel like this was one of like the hardest points in my life just because I was always broken and like my life was like an entire conflict. Like Mm. I was always broken, but I was always trying to fix. So, but not myself. So I was always like acting like I was okay and I really wasn't. So yeah. Yeah. You had so much conflict within yourself and you just weren't dealing with it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause any sort of conflict isn't good. So even when it's just internal conflict, it's like, I need to, you know, your numbing way was probably just taking care of other people. You're like, you know what? I'm going to numb myself by focusing on everybody else. So I don't Mm -hmm. have to focus on me. Yeah. It's a really easy thing to do that. As somebody who's an Enneagram too, I totally get that. <laughs> we right. get each other in that kind of way for sure. Yeah. So man, so what, in some of those lowest moments that you had, how did you come out from those? Um, I think a big thing for me was just eventually realizing like, hey, people really do care about me and I'm pushing it away like and I I really needed to open up to someone and really just tell them like that 
my life is like not okay right now and I really need help like figuring it out and I I struggled with wanting to tell anyone for the longest time um just because I really like to look put together and so it was really hard for me to eventually open up and say hey I'm like really struggling and I think I really needed someone to show me like how or what it means to like be a Christian and kind of how to follow God and actually trust him with things. And so there wasn't like a specific moment when things changed for me. Like it really was progressively and there wasn't like one moment that was like, that's when it got better. So really it's just been a lot of working and changing. Honestly, I think that, something that really changed for me was one time I was like randomly reading um, first Kings in the Bible. And um, that is a random reading. Yeah. Right. That's great. I love that. (laughs) And so chapter 19, that's where I was reading. And this is like during the time that Elijah was like really scared and he was running for his life because he thought that like someone was going to kill him. And so he got like tired and he sat down under this tree and he prayed that God would take his life because he just like didn't want to live anymore. And I was like, huh, kind of relatable there. And after he fell asleep, an angel showed up and they're like, hey, get up and eat. Like you have this journey to go on. And so he ate and then he headed to um, Horeb, which is the mountain of God. And so Once he was there, um, the Lord kind of told him to go out and stand on the mountain and and be in the presence of the Lord. And so verses 11 and 12 say, Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And this really stands out to me. Like it doesn't sound super crazy but like this really stands out to me because there were like crazy things like an earthquake and a fire which are huge yeah and he heard god in the whisper and so i think it really stands out because i think as humans in general we want to see the big things and we really want like something spectacular to happen And when they don't, like, we get confused, I think. And so I think what I really wanted was for God to, like, come in and sit with me, like, on my bed and say, you need to do this. Mm -hmm. And he didn't do that. And so when that didn't happen, I think, like, I kind of got disappointed and discouraged. And I think that I thought that God wasn't near me, but, like, he's in the whisper. And so, like, that couldn't be farther from the truth. He's really right there at all times and he's close enough to whisper to us and I think that I really realized that I just needed to be willing to listen yeah and I love that you picked out that story because when Elijah Elisha was sitting on underneath the tree the first thing the angel said was to eat and Mm -hmm. so to take care of his physical body to nourish himself physically And then he said, you have a journey. And then he's like, no, now go and be in the presence of God. And he took care of his 
his spiritual needs as well. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, that's what, that's what you needed to do in that moment was to take care of your physical needs and to actually eat and to take care of your, your body in that kind of way. But then also to just be with God in that presence. And I love that he gave you that message through random story that right. you read that's so that's so powerful but it just meant so much to you in that moment yeah and then how did you so you're in this moment and you're like you're right i do need to start changing i do need to start getting better and you had that moment in the car when you realized that you your family was hurting for you and and, and all of that so what are some of the baby steps that you started to take to help you grow from this deep, dark, painful spot out to get out of that pit that you were in? Yeah, I think a really big part of it was opening up to other people and just sharing how I was doing because um, God created us to be relational. And when you don't have those relationships, like, I think it really shows. Like, (laughs) it really, you just feel different I think and so um really opening up to other people was a huge step for me um and then being able to share my story too because there's like a lot of people that are going through the same thing and I think a big thing for me during that whole season was that I really thought that I was alone um and I really wasn't alone in what I was feeling Mm -hmm. like there are so many other people who feel the exact same way. Um, And so I think sharing my story was a big part for me in healing, um, whether that be with friends or with adults or anything like that. Um, And so that was a big thing. And then also, I think um, FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes, um, I think that kind of made a big impact on me in high school, just because I got really involved and I was a leader and I was trying to lead um, like underclassmen and I was trying to put lessons together and things like that. And so I was just in the word a lot more. I was able to better understand um, God and his characteristics. And, and so I think just kind of getting involved again was a huge, a huge step for me. Yeah. And you were, you're channeling that same desire to help people but in a different way where you, but yeah. you were able to do it in an even better way because you were in a better spot yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times where I had to tell myself that the, the best version of me is the one that's pouring out God instead of myself. And, right. be- and before that, when you were kind of running on fumes, you were pouring yourself out because you didn't have God filling you up. Mm-hmm. And so then you were numbing yourself and, and all of that. And so like for me, the best version of me that I can pour out is not me at all. And it's when I'm filled up with Jesus and yeah. taking care of myself spiritually, taking care of myself physically and, and, and all of those things. And so how did you notice a change in yourself when you started to shift your mindset to that? I definitely had a lot more peace. I felt a lot more peace. Um, and peace is honestly something that I prayed for, like, pretty much every single day. Yeah. And I didn't really understand how to experience it. Um, but over the years, like I've really realized that God has blessed me so much with like that peace. And even though I don't understand things, like I can still have that peace. Um, and so I think that's a 
big thing that changed. Also, um, I think another thing that changed for me is like, I'm a lot more joyful than I was during that period. Like, um, I was pretty good at faking my happiness back then, but I definitely did not feel like any joy at all. And so that was something huge that shifted in me. And I honestly think it was evident to people around me as well. Like you could just tell um, that it wasn't really the fake happiness anymore, um, but that it was really joy like from the Lord. And so I think those are two really big things that changed for me. Hmm, That's so good. And then this was all high school. And so how's that journey translated into college for you, especially now that you're rounding out your senior year? How has that Mm -hmm. whole journey transitioned to now you're on your own and you had to make a whole new community and and all of that? How did that fit for you? Right. Um, I think anxiety is still something that I struggle with a bit, but I feel like I know how to handle it now. So the big thing for me is I I feel like I just know God better now. And so I feel like I can truly like let go of my feelings and my anxieties. And it's not easy, you know, it's definitely not easy to do that. But when you really desire to be with Christ and um, to know him better, I think that it's a little bit easier to do that. Transitioning from high school into college was honestly really exciting for me just because it was something new. Yeah, Um, it's kind of a, a fresh start. Right, right. And I think that Huntington has helped me a lot just because I'm in this Christian environment. And I mean, I have friends that I can be super intentional with and have deep conversations with and who encourage me and love me so much. And so I think the community that I'm in has definitely helped me to grow and to keep on that path. But something really specific is that I went to South Africa last summer as an intern. And that was really scary for me because like I said earlier, like I kind of am an introvert. So um, it was scary stepping out in that way. And I really wanted to be more bold and like my personality and things like that. But time and time again, people would tell me like, Megan, I just feel so much peace when I'm around you. Like I wouldn't, have been willing to share this if you weren't here because you just made me feel so at ease and you're such a light to me and like things like that. And so, um, it really like confirmed to me that God has like created me to be who I am. And honestly, I think that has boosted my confidence in that quite a bit, just because I don't feel like I have to be something that I'm not. And so I think that that's been really positive for me and I can grow safely like in this environment. And so I think that's been great. Yeah. Oh, that's, and I know you came back from your trip to South Africa just changed because not only are you completely out of your normal environment, but you're out of the country that you're familiar with and you're, you're in this doing things that are out of your comfort zone and and all that. And God stretches us when we, when we work out our faith, God strengthens us. And so this was your time to, to do that and to really push yourself. And so, um, and you saw the fruit from that through your growth and through the excitement that you felt about 
that community. And, and when you came back, you were definitely a changed person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so right now, Megan, I'd love to give you a chance to read your letter to your younger self. Dear younger me, you were really going through it, girl. I know how much pain and confusion you have experienced and how sometimes you didn't know if you want to give up or continue trying. I just want to tell you that you are so strong and I'm proud of you for never giving up. I can't wait for you to experience the peace of being authentically you. You will do things that you never thought you were capable of and go places that you never thought you'd go. You will learn to let people into your life and have deep and life-giving relationships. You will learn what it means to experience the peace that Christ has given you, which is something that you desire so much. Things won't be easy, but you have the strength to keep moving and to grow so much while allowing Christ to transform you. Let go of your expectations and let God move in your life. You're going to do great. Love me. (laughs) You're going to do great. Oh, it's so cute and and lovely. (laughs) I I love that so much. Uh, So how did you feel sitting down and thinking about your younger self and what you wanted to say to little Megan? You know, it was really weird. (laughs) Um, At first I was like, I don't really feel like I have anything to say to myself. But once I really started writing it, I was like, dang, I'm like getting a little emotional because it's hard to look back and think that I made myself go through that. Like, Mm. like you said earlier, like I really did kind of choose to stay in that dark place that I was in for a little bit. And so it's hard looking back at that and knowing that I did that to myself because I would never want anyone else to go through that. So once I actually started writing, I think it was a really good exercise for me. I feel like I kind of learned a little bit about myself while I was writing, just because I don't really ever really dwell on like the hard things from my past. And so I think that going through this and writing like how much has changed since then I think that was kind of like life-giving and encouraging. And like, it speaks to me now even. I feel like I'm kind of speaking to myself and saying like, let go of your expectations and just let God move in your life, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was really cool. And I'm really glad that I got to write this letter to me. Yeah. And it kind of shows too that like, even though you are – moving past this and you are like breaking free from some of the change that you, that you had, it's still going to be a struggle and it's still going to come up every once in a while. And, and, and and that doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong or it doesn't mean that you're looking in the wrong direction. It just makes you a human being that has a struggle. And, you know, even, even Paul was talking about how he had a thorn in his side that just kept coming up. And I think we all have those things Mm that's those things that just keep coming up and keep returning back to us. And we're like, man, I thought I was over this already, but that's what's, that's why staying in scripture and staying close to God is so important because we never know when these things are going to come back up again. And we need to have the right tools to start dealing with it and to sidestep some of those things. And I think, and I think even when you were talking about how like you did a lot of this, you chose a lot of those things for yourself, but you also didn't have the right tools to get out of it. 
-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, maybe you, you sat in that mud pit on your own and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to stay here. But part of it was you didn't know how to get back out. And so you're just like, I don't know how. And so I'm just going to stay here because it's too hard to try to white knuckle it myself. Mm -hmm. And so it's a combination of you being content with where you were, but also you just didn't have the tools because you weren't including other people in on it too. So I think that's a big thing to realize is that we miss so much of we miss so much by not including other people in things. And not only because Christ has called us to live in community, but because other people can help us through those struggles that we yeah. can help on our own. Yeah. And so how did that, you know, climbing out of that pit, how did, you know, writing, writing that letter to yourself and, and all that. And so now you're, you're basically on the other side, right? You're, you're out and you're, maybe you trip and fall sometimes, but uh, but you're, you're walking and your head is held high. You have confidence in Jesus and, and all that. How has that now affected your relationships now? Yeah, I think it's been really great. I feel like I can definitely be more personal with people and more intentional, um, which is really great. And I think that I can be open about my relationship with Christ and really tell people like when I'm struggling and I think it just proves that we are relational because when I'm struggling, like I won't keep it to myself. Like I'll tell someone and a lot of times like they have really encouraging things to say that help me to understand like, yes, God's in control. Yes. This sucks right now, but like it will get better and we can move through this together. And like, you're not alone in this and you don't have to be. So I think that has been a really huge change. Um, That's been super positive for me. Hmm. And so how did you find that community to start including in all of this? Because I know there might be some people listening that are like, well, yeah, I'd love to have those kind of friends, but (laughs) I don't know where to start. And so how did you start finding community that you could bring into your story? I think it's really important to find people that you know you can be honest to and that they will respond well. I think it's it can be really hard to find those relationships at times, but I think it's so important to at least have one person that you know is a Christ follower. If if you are a Christ follower, like I think it's very important to have at least one friend that you know will speak truth into you. And so I think a big thing at Huntington for me has been I have a couple people that like I know if I talk to them about certain things that I'm struggling with, they'll remind me who I am in Christ. And so finding those relationships aren't necessarily easy, but I think the big thing is that you have to be honest as well and you have to be open about where you are or it'll just be shallow. Like you have to be willing to be vulnerable in order to open up the door to those relationships. So really it's not like I have to search for this. It's just, I have to choose this. Hmm. Yeah, that's really, really good. That's such good advice. And it's so hard to, to take because we feel like it's just so far away, but it's no, sometimes you just have to choose to do this. Yeah. I am. That's, 
That's so good, Megan. <laughs> um, okay. So if somebody's listening to this and they're like, man, I'm in the same spot um, that they were in the same spot as you, whether that is they're feeling depressed or they're struggling with eating disorder, or they're, they're struggling with feeling like they have to be someone they're not or, or any of those things. What is some advice that you have for someone in that same spot as you? Yeah, I think the biggest piece of advice that I would give to someone right now is um, you really need to open up to other people. Like, I know that I couldn't handle those situations on my own. And so once I really opened up to other people, it changed. Um, And so I think that's a really important thing to do. But another thing that I would say um, is to just get into the word. And I really know, like, trust me, I know that it's not easy to give up anxiety. Um, But once you do, it's so freeing. And I think it's so important to be in the word because if you're not, you won't understand. Like, you won't understand um, why God can take away your anxiety. Like, you don't understand how he can take away your anxiety. And I think a verse that really has stood out to me and I think is really encouraging is 2 Corinthians 10.5. And it just says, we tear down arguments and every presumption set against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And I think that's huge. Like we can dwell on the bad things and we can dwell on the negative thoughts and things like that. But if we have the word of Christ, like in our hearts and in our minds, we can literally transform it. Like we can take captive of those thoughts and make it obedient to Christ. And I think that's so powerful that we have that power to do that. But in order to do that, we have to know Christ first. So I think those are the two biggest pieces of advice I would give to someone in my situation. Yeah. And that's so true. The, the take every thought captive. Cause sometimes I think that we are like, well, I'm not in control of what I think. It's like, no, God says we can take every thought captive. And right. so when we are dwelling on him and when we're in the word and if we're, if we're learning how to read it and learning how to let God speak to us through the word that he has given us, it is, it can totally transform our thoughts even. And so yeah. It is incredible to think of, we have that access and we, we miss it so much mm-hmm. by, by focusing on so many other things. Right. Yeah. Megan, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your heart and sharing your story. I think it's so powerful to see how God has picked you up from such a deep, painful spot mm-hmm. to where you are now. It just shows that that God is powerful. God is awesome. And God pursues after each and every one of us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so thank you so much for being vulnerable and being (laughs) real and for, for sharing your story with us. And, um, Megan, I think you're really awesome. And I really hope that you, you know, that God is definitely showing his light through you and you can see the joy, even though you're not this like big, crazy, loud person. You have so much joy inside of you that it just shows through your eyes, through your smile, and just through the peace that you really do show in it because of Christ working in you. So thank you for being exactly who you are. And I appreciate you a lot. 
Thank you so much. Yeah. And so everybody at home, thank you so much for listening to Dear Younger Me, Love Me. I'm, make sure you guys like us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, share this with your friends. And today, I hope you learned a little bit more about Megan, a little bit more about yourself, and a lot more about God. So go out and have an awesome day.